A trip from Florida to Ketchikan, from the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The crew of the Coast Guard cutter Douglas Denman arrived in Ketchikan on Friday after a 36-day transit from Key West, Florida. The Denman, the Coast Guard's 49th fast response cutter, traveled nearly 7,000 miles from the most southern eastern city in the U.S. to the most southern eastern city in Alaska transiting through the Caribbean Sea, the Panama Canal, and up the west coast of Central America and the U.S. Denman Exo Alison Ray spoke to News of the North about the crew getting to Alaska and getting settled. A lot of us, almost, I'd say like three-fourths of the crew, got to move to Ketchikan and settle in before we left for all of our training in Louisiana. So a pretty good majority of the crew had places and had their families moved in, their kids in school systems. So uh, it hasn't been too crazy getting up here, like getting back after the big trip. Um, but that being said, it was definitely uh, definitely difficult to be away for so long. I I live here, I'm single, and live here alone, and it's been difficult for me just missing my friends and missing being in Alaska. So my crew, that's definitely something that we struggled with, was them just being away from families for so long. So I give them a lot of credit for doing it with a positive attitude and give a lot of credit to the families for basically just kind of taking control while their spouses were gone the whole time. Ray spoke to the mission of the crew in Southeast. The mission here in Ketchikan and basically every patrol boat in Alaska is to support the fisheries um, laws and making sure that commercial fishermen are complying with the federal rules and regulations of whatever season we're in. We work with NOAA a lot. And then um, when we're not doing fisheries or a season's not open, we're essentially just on standby for SAR. So that's the main two that we always give is SAR and fisheries. Every once in a while, we'll do something that's just like a little bit different. We'll do sub-escorts or um, I've heard of patrol boats working with the Canadian Coast Guard at times. And we'll do an MSRT exercise every once in a while. But those are primarily our two missions here, fisheries and SAR. She added that serving in southeast Alaska is a dream job. The cutter will be commissioned at the end of September and fully operational in its area of responsibility in Southeast, where the missions will include law enforcement, fisheries enforcement, search and rescue, and national security. The Denman is scheduled to be permanently homeported in Sitka upon completion of required shore infrastructure improvements. Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings announced Tuesday that it is donating its undeveloped waterfront property in Juneau to the native-owned Hunatotem Corporation. With a donation, the company will receive preferential berthing rights at the pier once development is complete. News of the North spoke with City Tourism Manager Alexandra Pierce yesterday about the development. We're excited to see this project moving um, and certainly um, happy to see local interests in the mix, especially local tribal corporations. Um, we're really glad Gold Belt is involved as well as Huna Totem. And from the city's end of things, this process doesn't really change. The public's next opportunity to comment will be before the Planning Commission um, when they evaluate the conditional use permit for the development. Pierce said there is no predetermined outcome from the city's perspective. We've been told that they're targeting a fall hearing before the Planning Commission, but that's all we really know at this point. And we're looking forward to learning more, hearing more, and communicating um, the progress of this project as it moves forward and moves through the city process. And to be clear, there's there's no predetermined outcome here. We don't know how the Planning Commission and Assembly will um, ultimately decide on this development. And um, 
it's far from a done deal, but certainly um, encouraged to be working with local partners on it. CBJ Tourism Manager Alexandra Pierce. Capital City Fire and Rescue dealt with a trio of fires Tuesday and Wednesday, including one at an elementary school. On Tuesday at about 11.50 in the morning, CCFR responded to the wooded area behind Koktagu Ean Elementary School for a tree on fire. It was confined to the tree and there was no significant damage. Juno Fire Marshal Dan Jagger said this is most likely an intentional set fire, but it is unknown by whom or why. Koktagu Ean students were alerted to the fire by staff via text message. At about 12.30 p.m. on Tuesday, CCFR responded to a porch fire in Schweitzer Village. Upon arrival, a small fire was extinguished on a wooden deck. The cause was due to excessive oil igniting from a fish smoker. CCFR had previously posted on Facebook about this particular danger, but no damage was sustained to the structure and the smoker was able to be cleaned out. The volume of fish was reduced to minimize future flare-ups. And on Wednesday morning at 6.40, CCFR responded to a vehicle fire in Schweitzer Village. A fire occurred in a single abandoned vehicle. There were no occupants or witnesses, but the fire started in the center console of the passenger compartment. It is unknown if this was intentional or accidental at this time. Anyone with information is asked to contact Fire Marshal Jagger at 586-5322 at 43.23. The City and Borough of Juneau Planning and Zoning Commission has reversed a denial of a conditional use permit for the former homeless shelter in downtown Juneau. On Tuesday night, the Commission directed the City's Community Development Department to work with the Glory Hall to obtain a permit to develop 247 South Franklin Street into housing. The issue will return to the Commission on October 25th. School renovation and other infrastructure improvements in the city was discussed by City Manager Rory Watt on Action Line. Really appreciate uh, the legislature and uh, the governor supporting repayment of that past debt. That was a that was a big deal. But hopefully more is what you're saying. Well, I, you know that takes care of past issues, and the question that we all have around the state is. How are we going to fund the renovation of our school facilities moving forward? Mm. We haven't done any school renovations in a, in a while, and each of our school buildings, you know, they get used hard every day. You know, they are well-used, well-loved public facilities, and nothing lasts forever. Watt said this of the city falling behind on projects at schools. I'm not even sure when the last school, significant school project uh, was undertaken. Mm. Uh, but we're, we're, you know, we're generally falling behind in uh, the average um, condition of our buildings. It's a little difficult given that every price tag you're seeing is a million dollars plus for yeah. just school projects alone. Sure, sure. You when know, you're talking about the major renovations, you know. Well, we talked about, uh, you know, staffing and labor. Uh, you know, that uh, that also hits the building trades. Um, so finding contractors who are, are skilled and qualified uh, is hard. There's a, Right now, there's a lack of competition in the construction market. Watt added that prices for contractors, as well as supply chain issues, are having an effect on other projects the city wants to accomplish. The Juno Docks and Harbors Board meets tonight at 5 p.m. to hold a public hearing session on a variety of proposed regulation and ordinance changes. The meeting will be held at City Hall and via Zoom. Port Director Carl Yucatel spoke about the updates to vessel identification while a guest on Action Line. 
basically we're just trying to ensure that all vessels that use our facilities have some identifying marker, a name on the on the stern or AK numbers on the bow. It's just not clear that that is required for uh, either documented vessels or state registered vessels. So that's a, just we would just want to clean up the language and say you got a boat in the harbor, you need to identify it uh, consistent with Coast Guard or, or state statute. Another addresses pets at the docks. The existing ordinance only allowed boat owners and their dogs to be walked on the docks. And uh, we had some discussion with the staff and the board and thought it's, it's not inappropriate for a member of the public with their dog to walk the docks. And uh, as the ordinance is written right now, somebody that is walking their dog on the docks would be uh, subject to a citation, and we don't think that's fair, so we're just cleaning up that language. Other changes include inactive vessel management, reservation charge policy, as well as removing or adjusting various other fees. We're calling it the omnibus regulation change, and so it's just a matter of putting bundling a dozen together as opposed to one at a time for the next, you know, 18 months. So we, we encourage anybody that has any interest in any of these regulation changes to to show up and and comment or send me an email or uh, send any board member uh, comments. The meeting begins at 5 p.m. at City Hall and via Zoom. The City and Borough of Sitka Assembly voted this week to approve, on first reading, the creation of a sustainability commission. The vote was unanimous. The ordinance would facilitate the establishment of the commission with the sustainability coordinator staff liaison, who would report to the planning and community development director. Former Assemblymember Dr. Richard Ween spoke during public comment. He took issue with the powers that would be granted to the commission. In reading through the ordinance, um, it is if they can accomplish everything that they do, we won't need an assembly because they are uh, supposed to uh, deal with the social, environmental, and economic sustainability of this city, which is, sounds like what the assembly uh, should be doing. Climate Action Task Force Chair Elizabeth Begley also spoke to the assembly. I have the pleasure of serving as the chair of the Climate Action Task Force. Um, first of all, thanks so much for um, the opportunity to serve on the Climate Action Task Force. Um, as a reminder, we were formed in November of 2020. Uh, and since then, we have uh, learned an awful lot about what Sitkins are hoping for, for a sustainable future for ourselves and our planet. And we've learned an awful lot about um, the best processes to use to move things forward. The task force presented priorities to the Sitka Assembly, and the priorities were adopted late last year. One of the adopted priorities was to establish the commission. The Office of the Governor is looking to spend up to $1.5 million on educating voters about ranked choice voting. According to a document posted on the state website, the Alaska Division of Elections is seeking media agencies interested in contracting with the state for an educational media advertising campaign for the 2022 general election. Dave Steeran, a spokesperson for Governor Dunleavy, spoke on the KINY Morning Show about the request for contractors. He said the proposal is actually coming from the lieutenant governor's office. Steeran explained the reason behind seeking to educate the public on ranked choice voting. I can tell you this, there are 
commercials being aired calling themselves public service announcements, telling folks why it takes so long to get the results. One of the things they adorably ignore is the fact that you can't hit the magic sort button on ranked choice voting until the election is certified under statute, which is August 31st. They'll tell you that we're waiting for, you know, mail-in ballots, college student ballots, and those are, are over the next few days going to slow to onesies and twosies. But you can't hit the sort button on the uh, special congressional election until the election is certified, which means in November we probably won't know by Thanksgiving who the next governor, U.S. senator, or the new new member of Congress will be. The total budget for the project is estimated not to exceed $1.5 million. The Division of Elections is responsible for implementing Alaska's new election system that requires general elections to be administered using a ranked-choice voting method. The University of Alaska administration did not accept the latest proposed contract from its faculty union during a federal mediation session this week. Instead, it responded with another offer, which is confidential. The administration's original best and final offer included increases of 3%, 2.5%, and 2% over three years. After further federal mediation, the administration upped the increases slightly in mid-July to 3%, 2.75% and 2.5% over three years. The union originally asked for salary increases of 5%, between 3 and 7%, and between 3 and 6% over three years, with the latter two years' increases determined by the Consumer Price Index. The union has said it wanted to see real cost-of-living adjustments that match inflation. According to the Alaska Beacon, contraction negotiations are poised to enter its second year with more mediation sessions scheduled for August 31st, September 1st, the 19th, and the 28th. In an update to its roughly 1,000 members, United Academics said it would continue to work on members' behalf towards a fair and equitable agreement. Angoon is going to soon have a pair of village police service officers serving residents. VPSO's John Jordan and Emily McArdle are a husband and wife team set to serve in Angoon. Clinton and Haida Public Safety Director Jason Wilson spoke to News of the North about the couple. We have a husband and wife team, the first uh, VPSO team for Clinton and Haida. Um, kind of uh, seeing how this works out for us, but uh, we have uh, we hired a a uh, the husband in the community of Pelican to be the VPSO over there, and then uh, the wife wanted to get back involved in the, being a VPSO, and she had been a VPSO uh, for a while, and and kind of uh, decided to take a little break, and then uh, wanted to come back, so. Uh, we welcomed her back, and part of uh, their wanting to come back was looking at uh, the community of Angoon. Wilson said the pair have years of training behind them, and that they will be busy with winter coming. With winter coming on, we have hunting season. Unfortunately, uh, even the best of hunters get confused with where they're at sometimes, depending on the weather, get caught in the weather. Um, so we got search and rescue going on. I think really the biggest thing uh, is just coming into the community and kind of fitting in. Um, uh, you know, there's lots of different functions that happen. We got basketball season getting ready to start here in the next few months. So I, I look for, I look, the, you know, really the biggest thing for our VPSOs is being a part of the community. So I, I look for both of them kind of jump in and, and the community kind of welcome them and um, get started on their job. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com.
Uh, you're up to date for News of the North. This is Kevin Allen.